The John Staggerwald Show, sponsored by Service Master of Greater Pittsburgh. Demand the yellow van. Portions of today's program may be pre-recorded. I'm voting for Joe. I mean, how can you not vote for a guy who's going to cure cancer? Come on. Of course, I won't be able to vote for Joe until 2024. Um, I'm just going to pull that Democrat crank in November, though. Come on, we're, we're talking about a cure for cancer here. Who cares about some laptop or 9% inflation or $4 a gallon for gas? We're talking cancer here. Come on. The big guy calls it his cancer moonshot. And he had uh, JFK's daughter Caroline there for the announcement. Apparently it's all about just spending more money to get the cure. He says he wants to cut cancer deaths by 50% in the next 25 years. Kind of wish he had gone with 10 years. I, you know, it helped me a little bit better. I might not be around for the 25, but, you know, we'll see. Seems like a pretty good time to be promising a cure for cancer, though. I mean, uh, two months before an election, but uh, that probably has nothing to do with it. I don't think it has anything to do with the fact that the midterms are coming up in two months. But it will be interesting, by the way, to see how the media helped Joe with this and how they helped the, uh, him and the Democrats use this to show how the Republicans are in favor of cancer. That's what you'll be hearing soon. Republicans are like cancer. Vote for a Democrat. But let's get out there and campaign for the Democrats. Joe's going to need their help on this, and I'm voting for him. I mean, come on, cure for cancer. Who's not? Meanwhile, inflation didn't go down as much as the Democrats had hoped, and crime's still out of control, but... This should take everybody's mind off of that. Meanwhile, things have gotten so bad that the government is telling people in the military that they should apply for food stamps. Now, could that be a clue that they're underpaid, maybe, and that uh, money's being spent, you know, on the wrong things? Well, we'll talk to the president of the Center for Military Readiness to find out just how bad things are when we come back. And in our second half hour, a woman who spent 10 years teaching sex education until she couldn't stomach it anymore. Stick around. Are you a misfit? Are you wired differently? Are you not like everyone else? Wired Differently believes that thinking outside the box and being unbound by the status quo is an advantage. When you're wired differently, sometimes others might call you odd, crazy, or even foolish. But you and your big ideas deserve to see the light of day. Hi, I'm Todd Saylor, the author of the book, The Brand, and the Attitudinal Disorder called Wired Differently. It's time to be unbound by the land of quo that restricts you. A mind is a wonderful tool with a tremendous amount of potential. Some of the most creative minds in the world are also the most unconventional. Wired Differently converts your differences from a weakness to a strength so you can see the value of thinking and being differently and leverage your specialty with a mindset that's purposeful. Learn how being differently can be your power. Visit ToddSailor.com. That's Todd, S-A-Y-L-O-R.com. Inflation is soaring. Prices are going up everywhere except Legacy Box. That's right. When our number people wanted us to raise prices, we said, heck no, that's un-American. When times get tough, Legacy Box stands strong. Introducing the Legacy Box Inflation Buster Sale. Not $15 a tape, not $12, 9 Yes, just $9 a videotape. We're in a race to save your family's recorded past from the risk of fires, natural disasters, and the decay of time. Don't let this summer's heat age your videotapes, film reels, and fade your photos. 
Legacy Box saves your memories by professionally converting all your analog formats to digital on thumb drive or the cloud. And it's all done here in the USA. Legacy Box is simple and safe with over a million satisfied customers. For a limited time, you can get started for just $9 a tape. Visit LegacyBox.com slash LBOX to get our $9 sale. That's LegacyBox.com slash LBOX to get our $9 offer. LegacyBox.com slash LBOX. Hi, I'm Jackie Dorman. Are you longing to find your soulmate, but you're tired of online dating, singles ministries, blind dates, or even being set up on bad dates by well-meaning family and friends? If none of that's worked for you and you have no idea how to meet marriage-minded men or even truly Christian men who will seek you out for a lasting, committed relationship without the head games, then I invite you to join me in my free Married in 12 Months Challenge. Look, there's nothing good or sacred or even noble about sitting in the waiting room. So in this challenge, I'm going to teach you why now is your time to find love. What are the lies that are holding you back? Why God wants you married? the biblical law of attraction, and the tools you need to become a bride. Don't wait any longer. Just sign up for my free Married in 12 Months Challenge today at lovestories.com and you can step into the love story that God has already written about you. That's lovestories.com. People do some pretty cool things in their 40s and 50s. Why should saving for retirement be any different? I mean, they go back to college. Learn new instruments. Start skateboarding. Okay, maybe that one's not for everybody, but saving for retirement is. With aceyourretirement.org, you can get on track with your retirement savings no matter your age. Just have a three-minute chat with Avo, the friendly digital retirement coach from AARP. You'll get personalized recommendations based on your input that are easy to understand and work with your lifestyle. It's quick, easy, and free. Plus, it's sponsored by AARP, so you know they got your back. Gnarly move, Dad. Thanks, sweetie. So wherever you are in your retirement savings journey, head to aceyourretirement.org and start chatting with Avo today. That's aceyourretirement.org. A message from AARP and the Ad Council. This is the John Stackerwalt Show on AM 1250 and FM 92.5. The Answer. Well... Um, how would you like to be a military recruiter these days? I mean, how do you sell young people on going to work for an employer who suggests to him his employees or their employees uh, that they should apply for food stamps because they're not going to be paid enough to eat? That seems to be where the military is right now. They're advising members to take advantage of food stamps. Elaine Donnelly is president of the Center for Military Readiness. She joins us now. Elaine, thanks for being here. Oh, glad to talk to you today. You're the first person I thought of when I saw this story. Uh, it's just stunning to me that um, that the military, people in the military, have to scrounge around for food stamps in order to buy groceries. I mean, how, how ready can the military be if they're not earning enough to eat well? Well, I think you framed the issue very well. How would you like to be a recruiter to convince a young person to put their life at risk as part of the military, that is part of what military service is about, and to do so at a wage that is beneath the minimum wage? The attempt of a a representative, Mike Garcia, I think he's from Florida, he offered legislation to increase military pay to the level of um, the same hourly wage, $15 an hour like the minimum wage, and it was defeated in the Appropriations Committee by one vote. 
what is going on here? There is a slight pay increase in the current pending defense bill, uh, but it's only 4.6%, which does not keep pace with inflation. There is something wrong with this. Instead, we have members of the Congress and the Senate in particular voting to draft our daughters instead of looking at what is the problem with the all-volunteer force, how can we make it stronger. Uh, they're going about it exactly the wrong way, and it's not fair to the young people involved. It's, it certainly isn't fair to the nation because that's the only military we have. We depend on them for national security, and we're not even paying them enough to keep pace with inflation for food costs. It, it, this is very wrong, and I'm glad that the uh, Daily Caller and other news outlets have written about this, but Congress has got to get on the stick and do something about it. And I saw that some members are also getting pay cuts. Air Force special duty assignment pay yes. is being cut. How can that be a good thing? Not a good thing. Uh, special duty in the Air Force or any kind of special mission, uh, yeah, there are certain risks, and you try to compensate that. But people don't do those missions for the money. They really don't. But what happens is it's not just the money. It's the cumulative effect of putting burdens on the backs of men and women, social engineering, the woke military demands certain things. You must think this way. You cannot dissent. You must believe in critical race theory instructions. You must believe that a man can turn into a woman or a woman into a man, depending on how they appear about appearances or medical treatments and surgeries. You have to you have to subscribe to all that. You have to be subject to orders. You don't get to choose what, what kind of clothing you wear, unless, of course, you're in a special category, uh, someone who's transitioning or trying to from one sex to another. You have to put up with all this burden of social engineering. And then your children have to be faced with, in many cases, drag queen story hours at the base library. And if you see that and you don't like it, well, that's tough because we have diversity and inclusion and equity instructors at very high levels at the Pentagon enforcing all of these mandates. Now, no wonder a lot of parents are saying to their young people, if they're influencers, they say, do you really want to put up with all this? So if you take resources away and you add burdens on, then you create what, it, what I call the Jenga military. But eventually the tower gets weakened to the point that it falls. And where does that leave us uh, in terms of national defense? Well, how does it get to this point, Elaine? Uh, the, 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 there are career people in the military. Uh, I was never in the military. But the impression that I get is that, and I'm going to refer mostly to the men because that's who's been in charge in the military. Um, the guys that are in the military, they uh, they wouldn't. They, this, that's not what they signed up for. And how are they convincing these people to, that that having drag queen story hour for their kids is a good idea, or uh, having instruction about pronouns and you know making sure that you don't mispronoun what is it, misgender somebody? Right. Where are they? Uh, I can understand like some of the new people thinking that they'd like to get away with that, but. Where are the career military people who, when when somebody walks into a room with one of these ideas and just throws them out on their ass? Well, I'm going to disagree with you on one small point. You said that male or men pretty much run the military. Uh oh. I'm afraid I must disagree. Oh boy, is that that a... is not the case. But... I was a member of a Pentagon advisory committee. It was during the Reagan administration, even way back then. 
what I saw were some very aggressive women, and the men were afraid of them. And in many cases, because they can make, they can cause trouble for their careers. Any man accused of not being fully supportive of women or any agenda that the feminists come up with, now it's been expanded to include the woke agenda with CRT and uh, diversity and equity and inclusion, all of these mandates. If you don't support that, then your career is toast. You get marked down. You will not be promoted. In the, you know how it works in the military. You don't get promoted. Uh, you pretty much get pushed out. So what you're so, telling me, Elaine, is women are ruining the military. Uh, there are certain officials who are weakening the military to the point where, yes, it's but, going to fall. But they happen it's to be to, women. It's going to crack in a way that it, it's not going to be able to deter aggression or uh, or fight a war in the, in the way that we would in the past. The Pentagon is just full of these je- social justice warriors. They're directed by the Secretary of Defense himself. He called when, as soon as he came into office. He had um, the... Uh, the stand downs to look for extremists. Extremists are defined as white supremacists. Um, people are accused of being white supremacists. There's no way to defend against the charge, of course. And that means there's a class of victims. And then these same people, after going through CRT instructions, they're supposed to go out and fight a war together as part of a cohesive unit. What we need is not diversity. We need cohesion and we need bonds of trust. Instead, these kinds of courses and classes are driving people apart, causing suspicions, and it's it's just not the right way to go. So this is this is the woke military now. This is Biden's doing. His appointees, one after the other, there are some um, holdovers from the Obama administration, but he's found a whole new crop of some really bad people to to appoint to high places in the military. It's it's really a shame because people are starting to suffer from the consequences, and uh, our national security is very much at risk. Well, again, <laughs> I wasn't going to go down this path because I, I still want to talk about the the pay and and what you know what what's going on with that. But um, you're talking about uh, again. I'm going to go back to the, the 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 guys I knew growing up who did go into the military or men I've met since then who were in the military for any length of time. They are not or were not the type of guys who would want to put up with having women setting policy like this. It's one thing if they if it was you know if the policy they they were uh, uh, setting was good, but for women to be doing this and and men in the military are letting themselves be pushed around and uh, this this is really well, distressing. Some are staying in, some are simply leaving. They're not announcing why they are leaving because they are not asked. But when you see the, the, we have a real recruiting crisis in all branches of the service. It's not just the army, yeah, right. But in the army, it's it's worse than than the rest. Um, we cannot go on like this when you're twenty thousand short of re- new recruits in this fiscal year, and then you carry that over into the next year where you're behind the eight ball. There, uh, this sort of thing really. Uh, at first, the army said, "Well, we didn't mean we didn't really need those ten thousand soldiers." To begin with, but then they they tried to give bonuses, huge bonuses, uh, to get people to agree to sign up, and a lot of people are, are saying, "No, why should I do that?" I think this announcement about forgiveness of student loans also 
is going to make it much harder for recruiters. Uh, it's not just the pay issue. The the education benefits are part of the pay that comes with being in the military. And yep. benefits have been pretty good. But if you can get the same kind of thing, forgiveness of a loan or a subsidy for the loan for college <coughs> education, uh, as you would in the military, but it, the way the president just gave all this money to people just at, at the wave of, of his presidential pen, uh, a lot of people are saying, well, why should I bother with the military? You see the problem. It's cumulative. It isn't any one thing. It's a cumulative issue. And our president obviously is not paying any attention to it. All he and his administration seem to care about are diversity, equity, and inclusion quotas. Uh, that's the primary thing. We're told diversity is a strategic imperative. Uh, no, it used to be that merit and cohesion were strategic imperatives mm -hmm. in the military. But those priorities have been turned upside down. This process started back in 2011, but it's accelerated, certainly beginning with, with Obama, but it's accelerating to new extremes under President Biden. So we need a new Congress to turn this around. Everybody's vote matters. Uh, there are not enough votes to carry through. There were some good ideas offered in the defense bill this year and both the House and the Senate. Some of them lost by one or two votes, a handful of votes in the House. Uh, they're going to bring those ideas up again. They're good ideas to strengthen our military, but they need to have enough votes. And right now, the Congress is short votes, and then you have a presidential veto threat on anything good you might want to do. But everything changes in our political system. We have to hold on to our freedoms and be active in the election. Uh, everybody's vote matters more than ever. We're talking to Elaine Donnelly. She's president of the Center for Military Readiness. Uh, Elaine, sounds to me like uh, the only thing that's going to fix it is a good war. No, I don't know that we're really prepared to fight a war. In well, the I mean, that's the only the thing past. that would wake them up? That they let them know that they're not prepared because uh, how else are they going to find out? They think they think pronouns are going to help against the Chinese. Yeah. You know, you would think that that's logical, but I think what you would see instead is a wave of recriminations and blame and things like that. I don't want to see that happen. I really uh, no. Don't. I don't want to see a war either. But I don't of see how not. how else is it going to what is, what else what else is there that could wake them up? I don't know. I don't know. But if you, let's say this draft our daughters thing gets through in the yeah. defense bill this year, which is if people, if they haven't uh, weighed in on that, they should, because it's in the Senate side uh, bill in the committee's vote and likely the full Senate, because some Republicans went along with it, for heaven's sake. Of course they did. Even, even Marsha Blackburn voted to draft our daughters. What is going on? Joni Ernst, uh, Deb, uh, what's her name? Deb Fisher. These three women influence some other men who also went along with them, and they went along with the Democrats on Draft Our Daughters. <clears throat> it makes no sense. Uh, there's an article on that on our webpage, 3Ws.CMRLink.org, <clears throat> and there's more information there and also some of the other burdens that are being imposed on our military. I'll tell you, you know, it, it's some of the things going on in schools with critical race theory, there's a lot of outrages going on. But when you have, I'm looking at an article right now, this is a new one, a diversity chief who's in charge of the Department of Defense uh, school system. It's the largest school system in the world. Turns out that she is a big advocate of critical race theory, uh, anti-white privilege. Mm -hmm. She has posted tweets and some rather outrageous insults against people who are not the same race that she is. Uh, this is the kind of thing that is horribly 
divisive. Now, if you're a parent in the military and you're off on a mission somewhere, you pretty much entrust your child to the military to care for that child in the school system or child care as it is. And then they're being subjected to this sort of thing, and the parent has no say. If you want to stay in the military, you certainly aren't allowed to dissent. And if a drag queen story hour shows up, you can't dissent from that either. So this is serious stuff. It is the largest school system in the world. It's being allowed and encouraged to happen right now. Uh, The name of this official is Kalisa Wing, W-I-N-G. And um, I guess Fox News reported this. Diversity chief at DOD has written children's books on defunding the police, BLM, and white privilege. Really? It's everywhere. (laughs) It's it's sick. Um, Yes. It it really is. People are policy. The the Secretary of Defense appointed a man named... uh, uh, Bishop Garrison, who's in charge of all the diversity efforts in the Department of Defense. He's former military himself, but he's chosen people like this to head all of these diversity offices and to carry out his own ideology, which is very woke, taken to an extreme. And uh, it's, it's going on. There is some news about it. But what can Congress do about it? Well, they don't have enough votes yet to do something about it, but it's got to change. Something has got to give. Well, it seems uh, uh, maybe it's uh, excuse me of being a or accuse me of being a sexist if you'd like. Sounds to me like the military is becoming feminized. Uh, well, uh, there that, are that's those pretty who scary. say that is not the, the word is not inappropriate, and I'll tell you why. Because some people see masculinity as a disease, something <laughs> that needs to be purged. Yeah, you want to get that out of the Marines. You don't want to have too much masculinity in the Marines. You don't want to have right. that. Right. Well, masculinity in, in the minds of ideologues is, to, is defined as people who are too rough, who get violent, who do things inappropriate. No, masculinity means a person who, who takes on obligations, carries out responsibilities. We want responsible masculinity, especially fathers, uh, in all areas of society, not mm-hmm. just the military. We need masculine fathers and parents who can raise their children, especially their sons, to be responsible adult men. And yet that word has taken on, in, in the minds of many, a negative context. That's, that's, that's and, and stunning. These are the people who are teaching the kids in the military, and they're in the, the civilian schools as well. How are, we've got about two minutes left with uh, Elaine Donnelly. She's president of the Center for Military Red, Readiness, and I'm finding out today that the military has been feminized, but that's, that, that's just, just stunning. <laughs> Again, I, I was a member of a Pentagon advisory committee, and I watched the men just quake yeah. in fear. Well, yeah. I would ask questions about sensitive subjects. I didn't think they were sensitive. I just wanted to know why were certain things being done. It didn't make sense. And the military captains and colonels and sometimes generals would be over to the side, and they would take me aside and they'd say, well, here's the answer to your question, and you were right in what you asked about. I said, well, why didn't you say that in front of everybody? They said, because the military press is here. I wouldn't dare. Oh, boy. <laughs> and I never blamed them for that. They had careers on the line. Mm-hmm. And I was there as a civilian woman. It was my job to ask questions about every issue affecting women in the military. And I was a very diligent, active member wrote some recommendations I thought hopeful or helpful to women in the military. But I never forgot the way the politics of the Pentagon really stifled intelligent discussion about what really is good for women and men and children and families in the military, what is best for national defense. 
It was all about, well, equality, women in combat, uh, feminist mm. ideas of what was good for women, whether yeah. it really was or not. Uh, that was the kind of thing that I saw way back then, and, and then, of course, on the presidential commission that I was on in 1992. And we debated all these issues at great lengths. And in, in that instance, people were given permission to speak candidly. And that was a very good thing. I don't think we'll ever see it again. Well, where people are, are invited and indeed obligated to be frank in questions from people like me. I have about 30 seconds left, uh, Elaine. I, I, would, I, would, uh, I would not want in any way my kid to go into the military right now. I would. I'm afraid you are not alone in that. And that troubles me because, well, we need people who are willing and able uh, to volunteer to serve. We really need them as, as much as ever in our history, perhaps more now than ever. Hey, I really appreciate you coming on. Thank you very much. Thank you. Thanks for calling. Okay. That's Elaine Donnelly, and uh, she's president of the Center for Military Readiness. We'll be right back. With SRN News, I'm John Scott. The coffin of Queen Elizabeth has arrived in England after the short flight from Scotland. The coffin will be taken Wednesday to the Houses of Parliament, where it will lie in state for four days before Monday's funeral. Lower gas costs slowed U.S. inflation for a second straight month in August, but most other prices across the economy kept rising. PNC Bank senior economist Kurt Rankin says there's a good reason the stock market's struggling today. This report suggests that the Fed is going to go ahead with a 75 basis point hike out of this month's meeting, September 21st, uh, which would be the third consecutive 75 basis point hike. I think Wall Street was looking at the potential that that rate hike could be 50 basis points instead of 75. And the stock losses are deepening. The Dow is down 1,069 points. This is SRN News. Hey, I'm Andy. If you don't know me, it's probably because I'm not famous. But I did start a men's grooming company called Harry's. The idea for Harry's came out of a frustrating experience I had buying razor blades. Most brands were overpriced, overdesigned, and out of touch. At Harry's, our approach is simple. Here's our secret. We make sharp, durable blades and sell them at honest prices for as low as $2 each. We care about quality so much that we do some crazy things, like buy a world-class German blade factory. Obsessing over every detail means we're confident in offering a 100% quality guarantee. Millions of guys have already made the switch to Harry's, so thank you if you're one of them. And if you're not, we hope you give us a try with this special offer. Get a Harry starter set with a five-blade razor, weighted handle, shave gel, and a travel cover. All for just three bucks, plus free shipping. Just go to harrys.com and enter 3388 at checkout. That's harrys.com, code 3388. Enjoy. AM 1250, The Answer. The Mike Gallagher Show. He's your happy conservative warrior. We know that nobody in America is okay with open borders. They say they are, but they're not. Why would Lori Lightfoot attack Governor Greg Abbott for sending illegals to Chicago on air-conditioned buses? Breaking news and what to make of it. The Mike Gallagher Show. Weekdays at 9, right before Dennis Prager at noon on AM 1250, The Answer. It's no secret, America. We've been let down. 
Inflation is taking its toll in the grocery stores, the products we buy, and the pain of every visit to the gas pump. At Upside, we're fighting back with our free app that pays you back serious money on every tank of gas or diesel, up to 25 cents per gallon, just for using the Upside app, no strings attached. Upside users have already been paid back a total of more than $250 million. With inflation and the soaring price of gas, it's easy to feel like you're losing control. But with Upside's free app, you can start putting money back in your wallet with every gallon. Whenever you want, cash out with PayPal, an e-gift card, or transfer the money directly into your bank account. Download the free Upside app and get cash back on every gallon of gas. Use promo code SALEM for an additional 25 cents per gallon bonus on your first fill-up. That's promo code S-A-L-E-M. Remember, use promo code SALEM when you download the free Upside app and get an extra 25 cents per gallon on your first tank of gas. Cash back's not available in gas in New Jersey and Wisconsin. Whose rule book do you want to play by, the government's or your own? This is Jay Hagerman of Abernathy & Hagerman. Without a proper estate plan, many families end up playing by the government's rule book and losing a lot of what they'd intended to leave to their families. That's why Abernathy & Hagerman presents free, ongoing estate planning workshops with attorney Dan Reimer to help you protect what's yours and make sure the government plays by your rules. The next one's happening soon. For details and to attend, visit a-h.law. AM 1250 and FM 92.5. The answer. WPGP Pittsburgh. W223CS Pittsburgh. A division of Salem Media Group. Listen on the answer mobile app, smart speakers, tune in, iHeart, or Odyssey. Stuck in traffic? We've got the answer. Volume delays on the Parkway North. On the inbound side, you'll see about a 10-minute delay. Reesdale Street to the Fort Pitt Bridge. On inbound Crosstown Boulevard, some minor delays between Bigelow Boulevard and Liberty Bridge. Stacked up Parkway East inbound, around a 10-minute delay from Boulevard of the Allies to the Fort Pitt Bridge. Parkway West, looking a little busy inbound Green Tree to the Fort Pitt Tunnel. That's a look at traffic. I'm Jenny Robinson. AM 1250, The Answer. Weather. It'll be partly cloudy this evening, the low 53. Sunny to partly cloudy tomorrow, pleasant and warmer with a high 76. Clear skies tomorrow night, low 54, and then a great day to be outside Thursday. Mostly sunny, high 75. Patchy morning fog when you wake up Friday, otherwise partly sunny. A nice afternoon for outdoor stuff with a high 78. With your AccuWeather forecast, I'm Ruth O'Brien. My brother-in-law died suddenly. And now my sister and her kids have to sell their home. That's why I told my husband we could not put off getting life insurance any longer. An agent offered us a 10-year, $500,000 policy for nearly $50 a month. Then we called SelectQuote. SelectQuote found us identical coverage for only $19 a month, a savings of $369 a year. Whether you need a $500,000 policy or a $5 million policy, Select Quote could save you more than 50% on term life insurance. For your free quote, call Select Quote at 1 800 690 4040. That's 1 800 690 4040. Or go to SelectQuote.com. 1 800 690 4040. That's 1 800 690 4040. Select Quote. We shop. You save. Full details on example policies at selectquote.com slash commercials. 
Hey, I got a question. You hate bending over to put on your shoes. Wish you could just put them on standing or sitting without ever having to touch them. If so, then I have the shoe for you. Introducing new hands-free Skechers Slip-Ins. Footwear you don't need to touch to put on. And it's only from Skechers, the comfort technology company. With new Skechers Slip-Ins, you just step in and off you go. You don't even need to lace up. And these are not your standard slip-on shoes. This is the next level slip-in technology. So it's even easier. How do Skechers Slip-Ins work? Well, there's a special smooth comfort pillow in the heel that helps your foot slide right into place. And it also keeps your feet secure in heavenly comfort, which means they stay on just like a pair of laced-up sneakers, and you can even put them on with your hands full. What, are you rushing out the door with your kids? No problem. Just step in them and go. Look, we all hate bending over and struggling to put on our dirty old germy shoes, but now just get Skechers Slip-Ins and never touch your shoes again. Find new hands-free Skechers Slip-Ins for the whole family at a Skechers store, Skechers.com, or wherever stylish footwear is sold. <laughs> a daughter's squeal of delight can't be made in a factory or bottled in a jar or imported. It's a byproduct of the most important business in the world. Raising children. Daddy, look at that picture I drew at school. <laughs> Kids need fatherly love and input. They need a manly ear to hear about their accomplishments. They need dad to make them obey. Hey, dad, what do you think about my new hairstyle? When men make family life a top priority, studies show their children are better adjusted socially, healthier, and perform better at school. Dad, I met the man I want to marry. He's just like you, Daddy. No business success provides the satisfaction that a healthy, happy, loving family brings. Dad, your children need you. Be there for them, now and for the years to come. A friendly reminder for your family. From Focus on the Family. The John Steigerwall Show. AM 1250, The Answer. Okay, uh, we're, we're playing phone uh, games again with, uh, with our next guest. This is happening to me a lot. Um, we're, uh, we're, we had, you know, here's how it works. Somebody sends me a phone number of the guest who's going to be on, and we call it. Sometimes we get voicemail. Sometimes we get a busy signal. And sometimes we uh, ask for the person whose name, the name of the guest, and the person on the other end says no and hangs up, which is what happened this time, which means we had uh, the wrong number. So uh, we're working on that right now, and um, uh, we want to talk about the, the kids are they're back in school now. And there's, there's still a lot of discussion out there leading up to the election about uh, what they're being taught and how much parents should uh, have to say about what they're being taught. And uh, Monica Leal Klein used to be involved in teaching kids uh, uh, as, a, as an HIV prevention educator, sex educator, and a Title X trainer. She did it for 10 years until she couldn't stomach it anymore and then founded It Takes a Family. She joins us now. Monica, thanks for being here. Hi. Hi, yeah, I'm glad to be here. Somebody rudely answered the number we were given and hung up on Mike and said he said he said Monica and they said no and hung up. But I'm glad we got the oh. right number. <laughs> we got we got the right number, but here you are. So, um what was it about all that I, I don't know if you heard my introduction to you. I was talking about the fact that you um you know that you were uh, employed as an HIV prevention educator, sex educator, Title X trainer. And uh, I was told you quit doing it because you couldn't stomach it anymore. What, what was it about all that that you couldn't stomach? Well, you know, after spending 10 years, uh, for a long time I did stomach it. I actually thought that I was doing the compassionate thing. 
but after 10 years, I began to really see how this kind of education and this philosophy, really this ideology, was harming our children and destroying families, and especially the vulnerable families that we said that we were trying to serve in these high-risk neighborhoods, those who were greatly affected with HIV infection and other STD infections, as well as unplanned pregnancies. And a big part of this education wasn't just to meet people where they're at and basically leave them, leave them there with this false hope that condoms and lubrication were going to help. Uh, inevitably, they were going to get a disease and how to get tested. So there was referrals for that as well as for abortion. Um, but the big, another big part of that education was to keep everything gender neutral. We were never to assume that anybody was heterosexual. So whether we spoke to children or to adults, we always spoke in ways uh, that would allude that they were probably having sex with various genders, uh, you know, whether it was men or, or female, men who have sex with men or women having sex with women. Uh, and that was a big part of the education. And all this is funded by our government. And so you had to you had to get into the gender stupidity. Um, oh, yeah. And and this is I, I bring this up all the time when I talk about this. What, what's happening? We're talking about seven tenths of a percent of the population that that that's who's that's who may or may not believe they're transgender. Um, and you're telling me that for 10 years you saw this this stuff being um, dealt with and and uh, these kids being infested with this, infected with it, I guess, uh, with this, because it what? It, to make sure that it doesn't hurt the feelings of, of what you might have one kid in a school of 1,200 kids? You might have one? You know, yeah, the, the training that we received, um, we were we were basically trained or or even groomed into believing that everyone was on a spectrum. Uh, they believed in what Alfred Kinsey believed, that no one was truly heterosexual. At least back then, it was more about sexual orientation and not so much about gender identity. Um, but then that started to change as well. And so we were being told, you know, you can't just speak about heterosexual sex because you never know. You might have a child or an adult in the audience in, in your room who who is having sex with the same uh, gender. And so we were taught to always speak in gender neutral terms to talk about all sexual activities. Um, and that was our job as risk reduction educators is that we were to speak about every possible sexual activity that could transmit disease Put, you know, putting people at risk, and then teach them how to do it safer through the use of condoms. And then, of course, still getting tested because the condoms don't really work. People will inevitably still get an infection. Today, you know, this was back in the 90s. Uh, I left uh, in, in 2009. Today, we're seeing something, you know, even even more nefarious. Not only are they teaching children to uh, consider that they might be of a different sexual orientation, that they can experiment, but that they're not even the, the gender that they think they are, that their sex is not really binary. Uh, and, and we're seeing what, you know, even more disturbing is that our, even our health textbooks are saying that. Uh, here in Texas, uh, and maybe even throughout the country, Goodhart Wilcox has a middle school, high school textbook that, are, that don't use the word woman. They only say pregnant person in there. Uh, they don't talk about life beginning uh, at, con at fertilization, they say that birth, uh, that life begins at birth. Uh, so then children aren't even learning about fetal development. 
Um, so they're really starting, you know, obviously, you know, that they're redefining humanity, redefining the way we live and the way we, we, we see ourselves. We, our children don't have any confidence in their own bodies anymore. Uh, for them to have to question their gender is ridiculous. Well, I, I got in a discussion on Twitter uh, over the weekend with uh, someone. I, I had tweeted something about this insanity, and um, his response wasn't. He, he wasn't. Uh, he, he didn't tell me his name, but he's a he's a, a school teacher in Pennsylvania, and he said, uh, "I know that this stuff is out there, but I teach in a school, and this there, this does not exist." And I, I got I went back and forth with him privately. Uh, and he was trying to convince me that it may be in some places, but it's not where he is, and it's not as bad as I, I think is what he was saying was it's just not as prevalent as, as people like to say it is because as far as he was concerned, he just didn't see it. So what what is the deal? How this What you're saying is enough to make anybody, any normal person want to forget having their stomach turn and make you want to puke. But so... <laughs> How yeah. how prevalent is it? And you know, just because you experienced it, does that mean that you are more passionate about it? But it doesn't really—it's not really as big a problem as you're saying it is. Can you be accused of that? Absolutely not. So what we're seeing is, especially with the concern in our nation for the mental health of our children and the increase in suicidal ideation among our children the government has funded for mental health in our schools and majority of the suicide prevention and mental health programs all under the wraps of social emotional learning all speak to the children on homosexuality and gender identity because they are recognizing or they're seeing uh, and believing that our children are having these mental health problems because they believe they're the other gender and such. So a lot of these mental health programs in the schools are teaching our children to accept all identities, uh, to consider that they might be of an identity that, you know, that wasn't really assigned at their birth and, and that it's all okay. And they're, and they're pushing this into every school. Why? Because, and how do I know that it is in every school? Because they're receiving this funding from the government and it's required by them to implement these programs. Um, and so I was speaking to a board member at a school district in Texas, and I was showing him the movie, The, uh, the Mind Polluters, uh, which really, I'm in that movie, and it actually shows all the sex education, the social emotional learning, the data mining on our children. And, and he began, and before we started the movie, said, oh, well, you know, we had a teacher who uh, dressed like a woman one day, a man, and, and we immediately got rid of him. Uh, and I had seen that in the paper. He said, well, we really didn't fire him. We actually are now letting him teach the children via Zoom instead. And I said, well, how do you know if he's not still dressing like a woman on these Zoom uh, classes? And, and he said, well, you know, we, we watch him closely. So he's here admitting that he didn't really, they didn't really fire this man. And then as he watches the mind polluters, he says the same thing that you just told me that this teacher told you, but it's not really in our school. So then I pointed back, I said, but you just told me that you had a male teacher dressing like a woman at your school. You know, so I think a lot of times people don't want to see that it's actually happening, but it is happening. Uh, and why? Because it is being pushed by our government. Uh, you know, we're seeing now with Biden being pushing this Title IX reform. Uh, this is to change our schools and change our culture. It is there. We just have to open our eyes, acknowledge that it's there, and do something about it.
Where, where did you get your training, Monica? Who, tra- who, who trained you in how to teach this stuff for the 10 years before your stomach turned? So I was hired by a gay organization in Austin, Texas to do HIV prevention. Uh, so not only did I learn HIV prevention, but I was thoroughly you know, in, taught all about the homosexual culture. Uh, then I was sent to Planned Parenthood, which was just across the street. Uh, so that they could teach me how to teach this same sex ed message, but to children. So I was trained trained by both the gay community and Planned Parenthood. But who 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 paid for the training? Was this government or or was it a private? This company? is yes, no, no. This is government funding. So HIV funding from the CDC paid for all of that. I also went to the CDC and got funding, uh, and actually was trained by the CDC. When I became a manager of the prevention program years later, I went back to the CDC and chose my evidence-based interventions and sat through trainings with the CDC. Uh, and then with Planned Parenthood, I eventually became a Title X training manager, which is family planning money from the Office of Population Affairs. So all of this was supported by the government, funded by the government, and I was trained by the government and trained by organizations that were funded by the government. And then once you went through the training, you were qualified to do what? To speak to the public, including children, uh, about the risk reduction message, which is basically uh, me listening to whatever sexual practices they're involved in or teaching them about various sexual practices and teaching them how to reduce their risk for contracting HIV or STDs or reduce pregnancy. But because inevitably people who live a promiscuous lifestyle will eventually still get a disease or get pregnant, my job was also to refer them to the various clinics in Planned Parenthood for testing and treatment of the diseases as well as abortion. Was how to keep parents from getting involved uh, part of the training? No. Uh, Title X requires parental involvement. But the way that Planned Parenthood got around that is that they had pamphlets pamphlets about parental involvement, and they would give those out. So if they ordered 10,000 pamphlets about parental involvement and they gave out 10,000 pamphlets a year, then they would tell the government, we pushed and and promoted parental involvement uh, this many times, 10,000 times. Uh, And that, that was it. But Planned Parenthood let me know at all the trainings that I trained them at uh, when I became their Title X training manager that parents are a barrier to service. They did not want parents involved because they knew that once a parent knew that their child was going to a Planned Parenthood, the parent would start to protect the child and keep them away from the clinic because that's what parents do. They protect their children once they realize they're in danger. Mm -hmm. Uh, And so, but we're seeing this in bills today, John, Uh, for gender identity bills. We see language that says parents are a barrier to the health care of their children. Uh, We're seeing schools who are now deciding that they've got this gender transition plan for for children and it and they specifically say not to tell the parents about it. So we are seeing an assault on family and an, a direct attack on our children to change their behaviors, their values and their beliefs away from traditional family values. We're talking to Monica Leo Klein and she is uh she's the founder of It Takes a Family. Um they're starting this as early as kindergarten now. Uh, is there any scenario where you think that's okay? Absolutely not. No. The National Sex Education Standards created by SICAS and Advocates for Youth, which is basically the sex ed industry and the abortion industry, um, you know, they, they show even pre-K. They believe that children are sexual from birth, and they want to push this ideology and this sexualization on our children. 
it is completely unhealthy and we need to have more reform uh, and we need parents to reclaim parenthood that we are the experts for our children. We are the sole authority for our children, and we are the ones to teach them about those things, not the government, not the school, not even the church, to be honest. The parents, it is the parents' job to teach their children about sex education uh, and about their values and their beliefs and their behaviors. I got a, I got about a minute and a half left here, uh, Monica. Um what can you said parents need to take back but aside from uh, getting involved in and in, uh, overturning school boards and forcing the government to allow or voting for people who are uh, promoting school choice what how do you stop this this seems like uh, I, I don't know how you stop this I don't know how you beat it well obviously well two things I always start with you need you need to take care of business at home it is time to start talking to your children, make sure you start building confident trust within your family so that your children are coming to you and you are vigilant over your children. That is number one, protect your family. Number two is start working in legislation, um, whether you actually work in it or just as lobbying and you work with your legislators to pass laws to protect parental rights. Uh, because so much of what we're seeing is going against parental rights. And so I'm actually part of Texas Education 911. We have educational pro- legislative priorities that we're pushing across our state. I encourage people to go look at that website, Texas Ed 911. You might want to adopt those same legislative priorities for your state uh, because we need to protect our families. Our families and the health of our families is going to then directly impact the, the, the health of our country. Hey, Monica, I'm out of time. I really appreciate you coming on. Thank you so much for having me. That's Monica Leo Klein, and uh, she founded It Takes a Family, and we'll be right back. With crime surging, John Fetterman has a scheme that would make it worse. We could reduce our prison population by a third and not make anyone less safe. John Fetterman is wrong. Dead wrong. Releasing felons makes everyone less safe. Look at the news. It was reported that five men released from Pennsylvania prison were charged in six homicides. One of them strangled a grandmother. Another brutally killed a two-year-old. Yet John Fetterman is trying to get as many criminals out of prison as he can, saying this. I have made getting them out of prison like the most critical thing I'll I'll ever do. John Fetterman's making everyone less safe. Far left Fetterman is dangerously liberal on crime and too far left for Pennsylvania. Senate Leadership Fund paid for and is responsible for the content of this advertising. Not authorized by any candidate or candidate's committee. www.senateleadershipfund.org This is the John Stackerwalt Show on AM 1250 and FM 92.5. The answer. So, uh, to sum it up uh, today, what do we have? We uh, started with the, the military being feminized by liberals. Um, where they're running around worrying about which pronouns they should be using and allowing uh, men to, to change and to be, pretend they're women, M- military men deciding to change into military women and vice versa. Uh, that was in our first segment. Um, now, I'm going to take a wild guess and say that Democrats are involved in that first segment, that that's what, it's liberals and Democrats who are responsible for that insanity. So then you just heard Monica Leo Klein talk about being involved in teaching kids. Uh, 
and how uh, Planned Parenthood's involved. And, and you, you, we've been talking about this a lot here, and you heard what she said. So you have uh, kids being told that uh, they're not whatever they uh, think they are. They're what uh, they want to be. Uh, they're they're not they they they're they're not whatever they were born as. They are whatever they would prefer to be, and they're not just dealing with these kids as though they ha- as if they had a mental illness, which they do, uh, which dysphoria is. But um, who's involved in that? Let's see. Uh, would it be Democrats involved in that too? Maybe here's the solution: get the Democrats. Out, they're they're ruining the world. It's not just you know low, low higher taxes and all the other stuff, potholes. They're ruining the world. Get rid of them. I'll talk to you tomorrow. The John Steigerwald Show is a production of Salem Media Group and sponsored by Service Master of Greater Pittsburgh. Demand the yellow fan.